Welcome back to the PTF Podcast, The Jump Net. This is uh, M. Ryan here today with C. Stafford for another um, podcast discussion, interview, all that kind of stuff. How are you doing, Stafford? I'm alive, man. What's going on? I feel you on that. Still alive, still drinking, just chilling. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and hop into this real quick. I'll pull up Pearson's notes. Pearson's not here. He um, his mic went ahead and went down and died right after the last podcast, so he is out right now. He's recording it. We'll be editing it. But he will not be in this episode, unfortunately. So, Stafford, how long have you been with the PTF? I know we talked before the show, but go ahead and fill us in your backstory of the PTF and all that kind of stuff. So, I joined the first iteration of the PTF way back when, whenever that was, um, and was under Doyle for a while. And then, uh, so uh, after that, I freaking I ended up getting control of one of the LAVs. Uh, I think it was Reaper 2 3 or 3 2, I don't remember. Um, and then when I moved from Arkansas back to Mississippi, where I'm from, uh, I broke into my dad's car and yoinked my rig. So uh, I just kind of ghosted the PTF out of nowhere. And then, uh, I kind of got out on my own finally and freaking saved up money for the beautiful rig that I've got over here. And I rejoined about, it's been about six months now. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Right now, I am the DAR for yours truly, Mr. That's Ryan. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have had some changes since my episode. I am now the ASL of two one. Stafford here is, as he said, the DAR of. Oh wait, no, I'm re- I'm I'm an idiot. I am the freaking <laughs> fire team leader for Alpha. That's right. That's right. I just forgotten. I was. I've been drinking since I talked about it with Pearson. But yeah, you are the FTL of Bravo, as far as I understand. I think Steph took Alpha. You Steph are, okay. yeah, yeah, and your awesome. and, and your Bravo. So, um, as as we we just clarified, you now currently are an FTL. Now, I went ahead and branched off of Pearson's questions. I'm gonna have a few of my own. Um, so now that you're the new um FTL, how are you feeling about that billet? How are you feeling being in that position right now? I'm really excited for it. I was trying to get Lance Corporal before I got in anything like that. Uh, I only need one like one more course in like a week or so more points and I'll, I'll be set. But uh, I love the fact that motorcycles go by my window every day. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited for that position and uh, I can't wait to continue to go further. Yeah. And um, I know we've had a couple of leadership positions on here on the show before, but um, go ahead and tell us again what the um, job of an FTL is. Uh, an FTL, from my understanding, is to receive orders from the squad level and transmit it down into the uh, fire team level. Um, you know, run three or four more other guys. Uh, usually consists fire team. You know, fight your fire team leader, your DAR, your grenadier, your rifleman, maybe another rifleman. I don't know. Um, and just uh, freaking follow orders, do what you're told, and complete your mission. Sounds about right. Yeah. You really are the um the, the uh, main point of contact for all the fresh guys in the unit. You're talking to them, you're engaging with them, you're DMing them. Play games sometimes here and there, depending on who they are. It's it's whatever. Obviously, we're still all people, but you're really that point of you know that's that's the first chain of command. You're that guy. You're you're their buddy. Like hey hey Stafford, hey uh hey hey Corporal, whatever. You know we're talking about all kind of stuff. That's what you are, and that's that's awesome. That's always the best start place to start at in in any armor three unit, in my opinion, because you're always right there. And it's you're you're between squad and you're between being in the fire team, and you can really see more of the unit in that position. You get to see more as you go along. 
which is awesome. Now on that, now that you're in FTL, now that you've, I know you've led before, you said you led um, in LAV before in the old PTF, and you were in a squad before. Um, this time around, what, um, now that you're in FTL again, who or where are you pulling your inspiration and guidance for how you're going to conduct yourself in this role? Like so, where, you know. So, you know, of course, I've been with you the longest. You were my first FTL uh, when I came back the second time. Uh, Phillips, 100%. I love that dude. I love his leadership skills and tactics, the way he carries himself. Because, uh, he, he, you know, he's a he's a part of the Canadian Army or whatever they yep. call themselves yep. nowadays. Yes, he is. Uh, so I draw a lot of inspiration and um, ideas from the both of you, as well as um, from the few times that I've played with him. Uh, oh, boy. I... Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mostly just uh, you and Phillips. Right, and, and that's really a good basis. Not to toot my own horn here, but me and Phillips really have a good balance where Phillips likes to hang back and kind of think about it a little more and have like a balanced, fair you know, understanding of everything that goes on. And I'm more of like, let's go get this done. Let's go hit this. If we're not moving, we're for not sure, doing something. Sure. And we always got to be doing something, always on the move. If we're not in contact, we're not doing something right. You know, it's it's that good balance of where you're finding the right balance between me and Phillips. I think that's a really good setup right there. That's a really good answer, really good idea to have. Um, really awesome. Now on that, now that you're you're kind of working your way up in the um, PTF again, so you're at FTL. You're kind of getting used to that. You're gonna get into it. You gotta meet your own guys. Gotta grow. Come people come and go, kind of stuff like that. Where are your ambitions from here? Are you trying to go higher? Are you trying to move side to side? What, what are you trying to do? So it, it just kind of depends on where the PTF goes, uh, because if another LAV uh, platoon ever opens up or any sort of engineer core or anything to do with armored vehicles or blowing stuff up, you know, I'm going to do my best to move there. Uh, but if it stays how it is now, where it's just infantry, uh, I'd like to eventually hit a squad leader level um, and just kind of hang out there and just see what happens. But on that, on you said engineering, blowing stuff up, Wade for a long time, and I've known Wade since this thing restarted. I barely knew him, you know, at the back end of the old PTF, but I've known him a lot since we started this one. He's talked a lot about having combat engineers and stuff like that. So that's definitely in the works if we find the right position, the right people to lead that. That's definitely um, in the works, definitely a possibility. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of places for you to go. A lot of people are excited about combat engineers. People love light armor. So really, there's a lot of expansion and work we can do here in the PTF, a lot of things that are going to open up here in the coming year or so. And it's really exciting, really really a fun thing to look forward to. Heck yeah. You know, on top of just how amazing the PTF currently is, the two infantry platoons, like we're having a blast. You, I, know, I know you can attest to that, how awesome oh, we are yeah. right now. Man, this, yeah. this last uh, op we did was, uh, it was a little boring in some parts, but when we were up on that castle, on that hill, just taking tank round after tank round after tank round, and the same with the week before. Just people getting blown the hell up. That was a lot of fun. It was very immersive, I guess. I don't like to use that word a lot. It's pretty right. immersive. I found myself yelling for, for medics to come over and help my boys, and somehow my luck prevailed, and I stayed alive. Exactly. Uh, while we're on it, go ahead and talk about what we did last operation. You you were one of the guys in last operation. You were probably a DAR last top. Or no, I was I was uh, FTL last time. Yeah, you did leave last stop. I I've, I've been drinking, so obviously I forget things. <laughs> but, but go ahead and go ahead and expand from your from your perspective. How did last operation go for our squad or for the unit? 
So uh, I, I can't speak uh, for first platoon. Uh, I can a little bit. Uh, there was one thing that kind of kind of bugged me a little bit, whether they didn't know, didn't care, whatever. Uh, they, they took one of our objectives, um, and from the aftermath, it looked like it was going to be, you know, a decent firefight. And we rolled through there, and there was nothing. Um, and But from our level, I think we did pretty good as far as I can remember. Uh, I don't believe at least two one had any casualties. I know two three did. That was a son of a bitch. That was hilarious. I've made a whole meme about two three taking that L right there, but that fucking yeah, um, that, that, that was it. T ninety or T sixty two just no, got an it, abs- it was an older model. I think it was a T fifty four or something. T fifty four got a collateral with that whatever the hell he hit him with. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like seven dudes with one shot. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, let's build on that because I was actually watching them get around to that. That tank came over that mountain and was engaging. So I heard from Stony. Stony had the um fifty caliber you know modus. Um, we come up around the the ridge line and start engaging it, trying to pull its um attention. And it did it did pull its attention, but then somebody I'm not gonna name names right now in um two three moved that Humvee the the tow missile Humvee they had right next to the M2 Humvee and was trying to get their shot on. Well, by the time they got their shot on, the tank had reloaded and was ready to shoot at the one they were engaging, which was the um you know M2 Humvee. So the clip I got and the meme I've made since then, it's, it's hilarious. Everybody loves it. I'm sure Stoney's yeah, seething. I've seen it. I've I'm, seen sure it. I'm sure Stoney is seething. Is that <laughs> the tank shoots the M2 Humvee and they're like they're like butt to butt with the freaking um, tow missile Humvee. Both blow up. Both explode instantly. And so that's really that's that's really just a funny moment everybody can watch and enjoy and a learning point for two three. I know Stoney asked for the original footage. I know he's he's working with a squad to fix that kind of thing. It, it, it's funny, and it's a learning experience, which is awesome. Yeah, I guarantee they won't be doing that again. I guarantee that. Sony will definitely fix that, and it'll be great to see them actually be able to pull that coordination where they yeah. coordinate a distraction and have that toe like, actually hit the tank and have that taken care of. But, yeah, that was the story about the 2-3 um, um, debacle. Go ahead and continue on the um, operation. What we You mentioned the castle and all that kind of stuff we did. What, what went on? So uh, when we were we took this – objective really had no issues taking it i think there was like two or three contacts there we wiped them pretty much immediately it was after we took it that the cubans were like "Mm, ah, we don't really want you to have that uh and they just it really seemed like they threw everything at us there's a he's not new to the ptf in a sense he was in the first iteration e fox uh, that dude is, uh, by the way, he does some stuff that I have not seen. Uh, My boy Fox, he's crazy. Yeah, he, that dude was like, uh, he was calling out some stuff that a private should not, especially a new private, should not be calling out. Um, but, uh, and he was dropping dudes at like 600 meters too. That was pretty badass. Yeah. Um, so... They were just coming up that North Hill just in waves over and over and over. And we were dropping them and dropping them and dropping them. And at one point, I thought we lost it because we uh, I heard Havel on the radio. I was like, we got to pull the CC the CCP back. I was like, well, why the hell do we have to do that? You're in the tower. Like, it's not that bad, is it? And I, I turned the corner, and there's like 10 of them looking at me. And that, that, was, that was a bastard. And then after that, I think – I guess it was um, – it was old boy Pearson that, that ended up calling a cast strike that killed that T-54 that smoked 2-3, wasn't it? 
what you, what'd you say? What was that? The um, that tank? Yeah, t- the tank did um, blow two three. No, I was saying that um, I think Pearson was the one that called the cast strike that smoked the tank that killed two three. I wasn't watching at that point. I think I was taking care of the casualties of two three. I was kind of carrying somebody, but I'm pretty sure Pearson probably did call that strike in. Okay. Uh, and then after that, we moved down into the town and cleared out what we could until uh, me and old boy Steph found a group of like eight or nine surrendering Cubans. They all had their hands up and they weren't responding. And then we turned, so it was like a it was like an alleyway like that. Yeah. Thing now. It was like an alleyway like that. They were hanging out right here. And there was this corner that we couldn't see because we were coming from this this way. Um, I'm realizing now that there's probably not going to be video. Um, but so we were coming from the South, the, in, the surrendering Cubans were in the North and then to like the Northeast-ish, there was this another, another little alleyway. Well, we went up to go secure the, the surrendering Cubans and this other Cuban just turned the corner with a PKM and just started lighting into us, killed like four of his own guys and downed me and Steph and fought to drop that guy. We did happen to bring. We did happen to bring back somebody. It was a Cuban national uh, or Cuban loyalist group that we met that was shooting at us. I yeah, that was have, weird. I may have fired a rocket at one of their vehicles before understanding that part, but they don't need to know that. This is not a Cuban set channel. But um, anyway, we happened to bring the guy with the quote unquote biggest dick back to base, <laughs> yeah. back to base to negotiate. That that was their standard. It wasn't mine. They just happened. The guy I was talking to happened to say he had the biggest one. So it, it must be him. So yeah, we brought him back. We will be negotiating with him, figure out what's going on. But um, anyway, back on track. That was the a two one side of last operation. So um, kind of two things here. Let's go ahead and start with um your favorite moment in the PTF. You know what was that? What was your favorite moment in the PTF? Oh, uh, can I use something from the first iteration? Sure, why not? I think about yeah, it all ahead, the time. Ahead. So I was in the LAV as a commander. Um, I don't know if you remember. Um, our nickname, um, I don't know if I can, I can use words on here. We were the screaming artards. Um, I don't remember that part. The two people that I had would constantly fucking scream at all times. So we were, we were rolling down this valley with the other LAV and we hit an ambush. We got an RPG on both sides, no wheels. And all I could see in my commander scope was just guys closing in all around oh, us. No. And my screaming artards pulled through. My driver was like, F this. Got out, took the saw that was in the back of our vehicle, and just started ripping. Just my casually gunner, had a saw in the back seat. <laughs> my gunner. Well, we had uh, a DAR. had. This was so lucky. A DAR had died right in front of us. So we really? took it. So just, <laughs> my gunner was like, my gunner was like, hold on. I was screaming at him the whole time. He was like, hold on. I, I need this. We're, we're, we're going to need this. And my gunner was literally, I was just watching him, 360, just firing 25 millimeter HE rounds at anything wow. that wasn't wearing a U.S. flag. And we, we managed to get a tow out from the other surviving LAV. They left us. They just blew by. They were like, oh, they're fucking dead. Good luck. And my screaming artards made it out. We <laughs> survived. Dang. I remember, I remember back when um I think um it was it was somebody else I forgot his name but I know him I got him on Facebook I we're still friends kind of but um he he led um armor for a while they were running I think it was either I think it was either LAVs or Abrams this town in um it was a Clafgan running through the, one of the northern towns I was doing my thing one manning everything I usually go through 
Yeah. And they're, and they're just sitting there. They're they're clearing the town through Mount with a tank or whatever they have. Hop in for a minute. I'm just showing them the vehicle, talking to them. Hop out. We, it was just a blast, you know, how well integrated um, the Marines and the armor section was in the LPTF. Yeah, I really um, would love to bring those LAVs back. Yeah, well, the ACV should be a lot better, so we shouldn't have to worry about that. The ACVs are going to be a huge upgrade. But, um... That being your favorite moment, what's the um? We'll do we'll do three things. We'll do the craziest, funniest, and most interesting story. So, what's your craziest um story for the PTF? The current one, the current one this time. The current PTF, current uh, one. craziest story. I would have to say when we were on top of that hill, uh, and that tank was just out of reach. I, not this last stop, but the. I remember what you're talking about. It was just out of reach. Every time I'd turn around, every time I'd hear an explosion, there was somebody else down. And though it was just complete pandemonium, complete. Every time you'd peek up, you take MG fire from the town, and then you take a tank round to your freaking trench. Um, yeah. And was that the op we assaulted the airbase and then went south to the villa? Yeah, when me and you were in the Humvee. Yep. I'm. Um, I, think I, so. I get it mixed up on this map because it they all it just. All yes, I think I think it was the Humvee because we stole um we stole two threes um Mark nineteen Humvee that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or no, yeah, no, 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 no. This was the, that was the out before the airbase. That was the one before that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's been so a couple weeks. So I don't remember. Yeah, but um no yeah definitely that. Um so yeah it's craziest one. What's the funniest one? What's the what's the most laughs you've had during an operation? Uh. No, that's honestly a tough one because I, I cannot go an off without laughing, without busting out. Something happens. I mean, uh, we got Havel. He always says the dumbest shit. I was shit. just I mean, about to say anytime Havel's involved with something, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty funny because he says some pretty stupid stuff. <laughs> you were on 2-1 um, squad in that last uh, operation, weren't you? Yes. You heard, but Havel warned me. Not yes. You not okay. to fall down. <laughs> go, ahead tell, go ahead and tell it. Funny. I had to. Okay, I can think about that one now because I had to stop playing for a minute. Uh, he was like, "If if Ryan slips down this hill and dies or goes unconscious, I'm not fucking saving them." Five minutes later, I hear you go. Ryan fell down the fucking hill. <laughs> no, not five. And, not five minutes later. Havel fell down the same hill. Oh, it was it was it, it was Havel. Havel fell down the hill and went knocked out. That is. I, I already got him. He was behind me. And slid down and knocked himself out. Oh, that's and that's funny. That same op, the um, me and Fox were were clearing, and we heard some booms up in the sky, and we see this Mag Thirty Six pilot just going down, and uh, he's parachuting, and we go and and talk to him for a second, um, and he was like, "I'm just gonna take this fucking biplane." Well, instead of like going to the other end of the runway and going back like he was supposed to, he just took it where it was halfway at the runway, took a hard left, and then tried to go. Well, it was just a steep <laughs> drop off. And he just vomited into the trees and fucking died. <laughs> he survived no. a gunfight with a MiG 36 or whatever it was. And then no, I heard died because he, he tried to take oh, a shortcut. I heard about that post op, and that was hilarious. I got to watch the whole thing. It was so oh, funny. That is that is oh, that is hilarious. Oh goodness! All right, all right. That's the funniest one. I'm I'm glad the uh, the recent most recent operations are keeping you up to date and like crazy and funny. That is awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay. Most interesting story. What like most like most things have you most engaged? Interesting uh, moment or story. Whatever. Whatever you got. Like the thing that you really think about. Well, generally, I I just about 
weirdly enough, anything to do with uh, training because I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, train. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just about anything to do with training because usually that's like weekend. One of uh, one of you is uh, Zeus, and uh, Pearson, you're distracting me. <laughs> one of them is Zeus. One of you guys are Zeus, and usually we get to kind of do whatever we want. It's usually a lot more f- low key, a little more fun than operations because it's more action packed. Because uh, I know two three or two one has a lot of uh, sitting on a hill and watching first platoon, mm-hmm. which blows in my opinion but that's that's another thing um but yeah and always listening to to phillips talking i'm kind of fanboying over phillips a little but i know he's always got some amazing stories about being in the canadian armed forces and he spent like 45 minutes talking about what's going to happen to the caf now that the queen is dead yeah thank god um <laughs> you say thank god fuck that old bitch yeah i mean you can't thank god because he wasn't saving the queen that day <laughs> and yeah, you you we're getting the jump that band in the UK right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, that's pretty much trainings are are generally like I was I don't know if I finished my point, but uh, I'm I'm a nerd that you know types everything down that you guys say so that I can go back, you know, one day if I'm leading it, you know, I've got it. Yeah. Yeah, I, for me, trainings, at least for 2-1, I like my, and it has been for a while, so even since I led 1-1, and even back in the old BTF, I always think training should always be hands-on, kind of engaged training, because we're we're, we're, we're people, we're on, we're on a game, let's think about it, we're, we're playing a milsim, so we're at our desks, or wherever we're at, at home, on a game to get immersed into the game, because that's what a milsim is, we're a military simulation unit. Yep. So you'd think, you know, you don't want training to be standing in front of somebody in a game, getting a lecture. Because at that point, you might as well just load up PowerPoint and just watch a PowerPoint instead of being in the game. You're wasting your... Uh-oh. Hello? GPU's time. You're... We back? We good? God save the Ryan. God save the Ryan. We back, Kit? You good? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. All right, okay, cool. I don't know what that was. Um, Your thing lost for me, too. Weird. Anyway, so where was I at? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to be in the game, we might as well be doing something. So I think, personally, my you know, personal idea for training is that you can talk about a few things, sure, but then act it out, train it out, repeat things. Yeah. Because for the, like, I'm going to talk a little bit. For the PSOs, when we wanted to, we wanted to really get into more direct action kind of stuff. So we took a training one night, and for like a solid hour, hour and a half straight, we fucking hit the exact same style building. Squad full of Russian style guys, full armor, full Russian, you know, level six gear, whatever. Hit that over and over and over and over and over again for an hour, hour and a half straight until we had that thing mapped out. And for sure, just like there were there were times we went through that building, nobody got shot, nobody got nothing. There was times where we got guys down. Repeating stuff and learning your things and talking about it is the way to train, especially in Arma Three and Milsim. Is you can't just mentally understand these things. You have to actually do them. You have to have muscle memory of how to do these things. And that's why I always, whenever I'm using, whenever I'm doing training for you guys or us, I make sure that there is things to do, things to engage upon, things to that are dynamic because that's really important. Like how you guys, like this past training we just had yesterday, there was that dishka going up the road. You weren't there, unfortunately. But we had that fire team going and there was a dishka on the road. Well, it pinned down like most of the squad, or yeah, the squad, because we were on the right side of the road going, and the disc was on the left side going to this um, hill, and there was a forest. Well, Phillips was like, go ahead and flank right, 
and hit him from the right. Well, I'm like, Phillips, why would you flank right into the field where you're open and you're going to get shot at and murdered when you could flank left across the road into the forest and hit him from cover? So he's like, yep, I understand that. Good point. And we switch around on that. Stuff like that in the moment with dynamic situations is where you learn to improve, where you find your, you know, where you find in the moment kind of things. Because you can't just train on concepts on a flat, you know, playing field. Because it's never a flat playing field. You always have something to consider. And that's why it's always do something, train something, put a situation down, and learn and study from that, and then go from there. So that's that's my um, soapbox. Let's go ahead and get back on to your stuff since it's, you're the you're the key star here today. Let me uh, let me hit on that real quick. Hold on, Wade's pinging the Discord again. Um, who's who's being loud? Is that you? That's fine. Um, let me take a sip it's real a quick. Damn, it's at seven o'clock. Oh, I, I feel that. I feel that. All right. It's the last of um, Pearson's questions, and I, then I will find another one for you. I'll make something up while I'm thinking. Last, last one Pearson wanted to ask. Um, if you had to get a friend to join the PTF, what would you say? What would you do? How would you convince them to join the PTF? Oh, that's pretty daggum easy. Uh, supposing they are someone like myself who is, you know, a fan of the military. Um, I just tell them, like, you know, as far as Milsims go, this is definitely one of the best ones. I've been in a couple, but not really anything to, to gawk at. Uh, this is definitely the best one by far. Um it's one of the things I like about it is the fact that because I've been in a, in a lot of milsims where they were like, you got to be on top of it all serious and game face every fucking where you go training. If you're in the discord with somebody, it's military bearing. I, I'm not in the fucking army anymore, dude. Like I, I know how to do it. I'm not going to, you know, uh, I, uh, I, I like that. It's, it's really chill. It's really relaxed. But then when shit hits the fan, you know, everybody flips and everybody's on on top of it. Everybody's got their freaking game game on. Uh, I really like that. I really like the communication, the structure. Um, the another gripe that I have with a lot of Milsims is that leadership is just inactive as hell. Like they're not there to, to deal with stuff with you and, and all kinds of other shit like that. Uh, I like that. Um, but those, those would be my main points. And then if they had any other questions, I could probably answer them. Um, no, that, that's awesome. That's a fantastic way to go ahead and about it. You mentioned you were in the army. Was that the U S army? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, here's a question then. How does your time in the U S army contribute or affect or influence the way you, um, act here in the PTF or in Arma three? It doesn't. I was a dick in the army. I'm a dick now. Uh, <laughs> I have not changed one big bit. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know what military bearing is, man. That that's fair enough. I mean, I mean, if you're not if you're not a full lifer, I guess in the military, you're not going to get a no. whole lot from it unless you deploy. But I mean, it is what it is. No, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to deploy. Unfortunately, huh? You wanted to go yeah. out? Oh, dude, I joined as a tanker. I got a ninety nine oh, on my. Okay. <laughs> I got a ninety nine hey. on my ASVAB, and my recruiter was like, "Can you fucking go be a drone pilot, please?" I said, "No, I want to kill people. <laughs> I want to kill pilot. people and see it." You could sit in Nevada and go blow up people from the freaking safety of a thousand miles away. You want no, to be a tanker? I wanted oh, to get my. shot at, man. You I was eighteen and at. I was eighteen and dumb. Just pay the guy next to you to fire a gun next to your head. <laughs> you had the money for it as a drone pilot. 
Yeah, I got I got a buddy that's a drone pilot, and that dude ri- drives around on a fucking G wagon to train. Oh, dang, that's fucked. Yeah, you should have done that. Screw that. No, nah, I would not trade my time <laughs> that I did for anything. Damn, I loved it. When you are sitting next to that 125 millimeter of that M1A2 and that fucking arm right next to you, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get too graphic because of the podcast, but it makes me very happy. Very happy, huh? Very when you happy. see that HE tear through that fucked up T54, <laughs> uh, when you see that dummy Sabo that's not even made of what it's supposed to be made of, it's made of steel, yeah. tear through that fucked up BMP, oh. Or you fire a canister shell at this little building that the engineers just finished building. <laughs> it is it is so much fun. I'm sure they love doing that, just building things for you to blow up. Oh, they do it so quick, man. They've got like a like a crate that they set out and it's on a crane. They drive a crane out there, the truck out there, they pick it up, put it down, pull it, and then they put some other shit on it and it's it's good to go. And then you blast it with a canister shell, you wait twenty minutes, you can blast another one. That's something interesting. So we talked about how we talked about this just now. They had the can, they had the um, crate, and you talked about earlier how you wanted to do some engineering stuff in the PTF. What do you think about having a persistent, like um, with, with the combat engineers probably, a persistent and you know obviously dynamic fob system, to where the combat engineers can get on and build the fob right there in Armor Three, build it everything, the whole defenses and everything set up, all that kind of stuff, you know, helipads, supplies, all that kind of stuff. What do you think about that? I think that'd be badass, uh, like a squad type of system uh, where yep. you like um, part of me likes like what we do now. Like we've got the, I guess it, I don't know if it's the Nimitz or what um, but we've got. Yeah, we've got the LHD um, and then we've got our our fob, which is it's always just an airfield. Um, I think it'd be really sick, uh, even though we are paramarines to have like, you know, we take an area. Why don't we set up in that area, you know? Uh, so I, I think that'd be badass. I'd love to get on during the week and go through and build defenses, you know, uh, hold off while I'm building defenses, take mortar around, just shit like that. Shit that I've heard from actual engineers, you know? Yeah. No, no you'd be, you'd be surprised. There's a story. We've actually done that before. Um, back a year or so ago when we pulled out of Afghanistan in real life, when we had that, we had a operation where we did the, obviously the Millisim thing where we had alternate universe where we went back to Afghanistan. We went to the Kunduz map in Afghanistan. We went and redeployed to go ahead and reacquire U.S. Um, armaments, stuff like that, all the equipment we left behind. So actually, in the first few operations, we had had a plan to helicopter in all these crates full of pre-loaded supplies. I was even part of this team that we had like a big, big, huge list full of stuff to actually build this fob because we pre-planned it. We were going to helicopter in all these crates full of stuff fly it in, land it, and have this whole squad, my whole squad, we would build up this whole fob during the operation and defend it. Just like you said, like, take mortar rounds, take rifle fire, the other the other squads of the platoon would be defending us while we were doing it. Whole thing. We were going to do that, and we kind of did. The problem was the logistics didn't end up working out, and it took too long for us to get those crates and stuff like that to set it up. So we went ahead with the mission, we went ahead and convoyed up the road, did all the rest of the stuff in the operation. But then my guys stayed on. I had, I think it was McAllister stayed on, I think Ollie might have stayed on, and a few other guys from 1-1 at the time. We stayed on, and we finished actually building the fob out of those parts that were left behind. So it, it's been done before, just not optimally. So it, it's definitely something I'm so sure we will work in the future. When you say logistics took too long, are you saying it took too long for them to get to point A to B? 
or it Kinda. took too long for like in game wise, like uh, like the game couldn't run it or whatever. No, no, it was definitely logistics A to B kind of thing because the way we had it, the person running logistics or organizing logistics wanted us to use a certain system that we hadn't actually trained with. He wanted us to use um, I think it was either Ace's load, Ace loading stuff like that, but we'd use something else, the um, the other system we have, the um, box loader. So he wanted us to use the other one. And the way, the way that was, we had to load up these crates ahead of time. They had to be carried in. And Mag36 couldn't... I think we had, like, maybe 30-something, like, 15 to 30 crates, like, big shipping containers full of stuff that we need to have, like, transferred over. And Mag36 at the time wasn't as big as they are now. They didn't have yeah. the capacity to fly all those crates over there while providing casts, while providing reinserts, all that kind of stuff. So it ended up taking way too long. See, but and, to, to me, all of that sounds... Pretty fucking real from what it was, because my my dad was in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, but he was he was an Apache pilot. Uh, so as far as I know uh, from him talking, it's like you can't. Uh, I don't fuck. I don't really know where I'm going with this. Um, you know, he would tell me stories about like as an Apache pilot, he had to go to other fobs himself. And tow Hellfire missiles or whatever the hell they are back to his fob where he was stationed, and uh, you know if there was no one available, he would load those missiles himself. So I understand Mag Thirty Six like complaining about that, but realistically, as far as I understand, that is how they actually do it. It's like yeah, they are understaffed as fuck because most of us are too stupid to fly helicopters. That's fair. It just it just take a lot and spending on if. I know right now in the operation server, it is a forced advanced flight model, but for a while there it was a pick and choose kind of thing. But it is up to skill and you know ability to be able to fly helicopters and then maybe yeah, able to. And I mean, with practice, it could, it could, you know. And just off the top of my head, uh, I, I don't see why uh, things like crew chiefs aren't a thing anymore. I don't think they are because I, I was a crew chief for a minute there at the very yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, from, from my understanding, is slots right now. We're still working on getting the platoons buffered out before we give Mag thirty six yeah. more slots. So yeah. it, it's it's something in the future, but it's held off for right now. Yeah. Just like well, the platoon is. Just from the, oh my fucking god, I don't. Just from the top of my head, I feel like it'd be a good idea. You know, you just take a couple grunts, put them in Mag thirty six uniforms, and now yeah. they are your. Now they're your crew chiefs. And then when you're done loading, you're done taking stuff, they go back to being grunts and they get back into their squad. I They can probably be refined because most of y'all on here that run that shit are much smarter than me. It, it could be something in the works. It's something to consider. And obviously there's a meeting I'm missing right now that could be that the, that could be discussed at that you can actually attend now that you're a FTL. So we'll get to that here in a hot minute. But yeah, that is something we could work on. That is something that can be definitely in the works as um, crew chiefs and finding a way to merge yeah. the two between. It's just kind of finding a good balance that you know, meets first meets the company's you know needs of having men on the ground, and then having Mag Thirty Six have guys actually run their logistics stuff. So it's kind of a middleman. Um, I think that's the last of my questions. I got anything else you want to say today on the podcast while you're here? Uh... No, I'm not gonna plug my Twitch. It's fucking cringe. Ah, uh, that is cringe. A little cringe there. Well, thanks guys for you know being here and listening. This has been the JumpNet PTF podcast. Go ahead and check out our website, um, Paramarines.com, and we'll see you guys next time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.